like the name Lawrence, only and sailors are called Lawrence. From now on, you're Gomer Pyle. Sir, yes, sir. Do you think I'm cute, Private Pyle? Do you think I'm funny? Sir, no, sir. Then wipe that disgusting grin off your face. Sir, yes, sir. Golly. This is It Happened One Year. A look back at the events, big and small, famed and forgotten, from 1967. Hey, everybody. We're doing it again. Welcome to the show. It happened one year, 1967. Indeed, here we are. And uh, we'd like to throw some thanks to our pal Dave Garden, who's also our relative, uh, who recorded the intro to the show. So yeah. uh, thanks. Thanks, Dave. We got a whole bunch of new intros coming up uh, from the various cast members of a huge upcoming episode uh, that involves the UFO sighting in Shag Harbor in 1967. Uh, coming next year. <laughs> <laughs> coming so, eventually. It'll be done eventually, but uh, you will notice the intros uh, in coming weeks will be uh, various cast members of this show. I mean, that so- the way you describe it, that sounds like a small event that we could do like a 15 minute episode on but instead it's going to be like a multi-episode saga yeah so not to get too far into this but last year we did the baseball humbug which was our only scripted episode up to this point point. So th- that was clearly the inspiration for this coming episode i thought it'd be nice to cover this event because you know it's a ufo sighting it's fun it's still in canada you know yeah. but uh what it's turning into is a probably three or four episode saga that might end the season. If it's ever completed, I don't actually know. We'll see. see. It's your opus, Boats. It's your opus. Up up until this point, it's certainly shaping up to be. So, but here we are. And this originally was supposed to be a much bigger episode. I've decided a couple of the big episode ideas I've had, we're going to break them down into separate episodes so that we don't have to do all of this at once. Coming up, we're going to do a kind of a little mini series of of Chicago 67 stuff because we Mm -hmm. found a bunch of things and I thought it'd be fun for that. But you know why we're doing this the way we're doing, right? (laughs) This current episode and what we were supposed to be doing, right? Typically, I don't like a pop quiz like that, but yes, I do. So in 1994, we did, uh, I think, oh, two episodes, I guess it would have been, where we looked at all of the TV that happened on a particular night. So this started with the Blackout Thursday episodes on NBC on some date, November. November the 3rd. Yeah, that's it. And uh, like all the episodes on NBC that I had like a a thread running through them about uh, a blackout. Like that was part of the plot of all the shows, except for one of them, um, Seinfeld. Then they were like, screw you guys. We're not doing that. But everyone else did it. And so we watched those shows and we talked about it. And we thought, oh, right. We thought, let's look at what was on TV uh, November 3rd, 1967. And so that's what we did. We figured it was, you know, at least as good as picking any other day. And then instead of just being like, well, here's the whole show. We'll like pick a day on from one episode. And we just happened to pick the same day because we had also done my so-called Matlock, which was the the shows that aired opposite Blackout Thursday. Yeah. November 3rd, 1994 also, but on a different channel. Exactly. Yeah. And that episode was gold. Yeah, it's if if you can if you find the time, go back and listen because it's a masterpiece. Okay, again, speaking of UFOs, uh, that episode of Matlock is the single best episode of television I've ever seen. And again, <laughs> no exaggeration. The only episode of Matlock I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Bad episode. Uh, 
So what we thought was, we'll take that same day. So yep. we are going to do what the idea originally for this episode was going to do a couple shows that aired that day. The, all, the yep. only ones we could find, it's across networks because half the shows from 67, you just can't find episodes of. Yeah. But there were a lot of real popular shows that aired that day. And so we're going to do episodes of those shows and then talk about those shows a little bit expansively. And so we thought we would start in a very Matlock sense with a show I have never seen a minute of until today. <laughs> And that's Gomer Pyle USMC. Yes. The episode that aired November 3rd, 1967, which I think is a fairly famous episode, if I can, from is what it? I'm reading. Yeah, like, I don't know, again, I don't know anything about this show besides the very little bit that I've read here and there. But it seems like this episode is actually mentioned, this is mentioned in, like, Jim Neighbors stuff. Like, this is mentioned wow. in, like, bios because it does have this real famous I guess moment where where Gomer sings the impossible dream. Oh yeah. For a very long time. Oh my god. At the end it of this episode. It is a 25 minute episode and he I would I wish have timed it but he yeah. he should have he could have sang that song for 5 of those 25 minutes. That's my estimate that it it's, was literally like what is that 20% of the show? Yeah, they really go for it in that episode. Yeah. But okay, so before we get into the episode too much. Oh yeah. Uh cuz again, I I don't think you aren't overly familiar with Gomer Pyle either, no. right? No. Um, what do you have on Gomer Pyle yeah. in general? This so I, I had heard that name and I think I knew he was in the military. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but other than that, I didn't know any I, sitcom drama. Who, who plays him? What does he do? I had no idea. So what I learned is that Gomer Pyle spinoff of the Andy Griffith show, which I did not know. That's um, true. He was like a gas attendant, Gomer Pyle. And they put him in a pilot episode where he joins the Marines, which spun it into Gomer Pyle USMC. I thought he was on Andy Griffith a lot more. I didn't realize he doesn't come into Andy Griffith until like season three. And he's only there for what, a year, two years? He's not there very long, but apparently a very like he he really made an impression as a character. Um, Because I think as a kid, I remember watching a lot of Andy Griffith and I don't really remember Gomer that well. I mean, he's very distinctive. So like, I think everybody, you know, his voice a little bit, but you know, I don't, I don't recognize him as being a real serious cast member. I just assumed he was on the whole series up until, you know, he leaves for his own show. Yeah. No, he was just a gas station attendant and they were like, what if he joined the, the Marine Corps? Let's, let's make that. I mean, honestly, could have been any character did not have to be a spinoff. It's like those shows in the, in the sixties and seventies where you're like, Oh, this was a spinoff of that. Like yeah. they just take some random character and they make a whole other show about it. They literally could have been any other character. Yeah. Like, I can't yeah. think of a good example of like a character that they just took from a show and then completely changed like the premise. You know what I mean? Like, like Lou Grant as a spinoff of Mary Tyler Moore is weird because Lou Grant's a serious yeah. show, but Lou Grant, you can kind of see that because like he's a, you know, he's a journalist. He's kind of a serious character. Yeah. But I can't think of a, a when they just take a character that spins off and then it's a completely different thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm sure I don't know all these examples, but Mama's family kind of comes to mind because she's like this, like, isn't she like this random character on uh, All the Family? And then all of a sudden she's got this whole other family. Mero, no. uh, she's from Car- she's from uh, the Carol Burnett show. The Carol Burnett show. Oh, that's yeah. different because that was a sketch show. So I, right, I think right. that's different. That's not yeah, even yeah. really a spinoff. That's sort of like the Simpsons coming out of Tracy Ullman. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What is the spinoff of All in the Family? There is one, right? There was like Maude was on was from All in the Family. Oh. I mean, Maude's still a family sitcom. The Jeffersons was from All in the Family. Yeah. Oh, the Jeffersons. Um, maybe that's so the Jeffersons it. would be a, a you know because that is yeah. a very tonally very different thing. Were they their neighbors? They were their neighbors. Yeah, yeah. and then they move. So yeah. on up. They move on up. To the side. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what happens yeah. there. I think there's other ones too. There's just the first ones that occur to me, but yeah. Um, but no, for the most part, usually it's like a family sitcom comes from a family sitcom, you know. Yeah. 
Rhoda coming from Mary Tyler Moore, Phyllis coming from Mary Tyler Moore, it's sort of the same idea, but. I think this is interesting though. Like, uh, so Joe and I this year have been watching a lot of Who's the Boss? And there were two separate distinct times. I'm sure that's true of other sitcoms too. This is just the one we know a lot about where they clearly tried to create a spinoff and failed. Like all of a sudden, for some reason, like Angela's working with a modeling agency and the whole episode is about people in that agency. And you're like, what? What? And then they never come back. And you're like, uh, that was clearly trying to be the pilot of another show. Yeah. The same with was when Mona like went into business buying a hotel with her brother and like and like moved out of the house. And that was clear. And then the next episode of the next season, she was just like, I'm back. Yeah. Like, because clearly <laughs> just, it didn't work. It didn't yeah. work out. Yeah. The the that who's the boss episode is weird. It's what living dolls is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah, yeah. And I did find that like they made you know they they tried to make it as a show. I don't even know if the hotel one ever got beyond that point, but they refilmed that who's the boss episode with some different actors to try to make it a show. But it's the oh. same exact episode, and you can find that pilot out in the world. But like interesting, like Halle Berry was on it or something. Oh, and, and I think she, I think it's like Vivica Fox maybe is in the who's the boss episode, and oh. Leah Remini is like. The, cons- the constant but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it was weird it's, but it's weird because I just ran across it somewhere once and I was like oh and it's the exact same thing it's really and like true. Fran Drescher was on that episode too oh Wasn't that you? yeah that's yeah no well that's the one with Fran Drescher and what's her name from Bosom Buddies right where they're like know. they're like in the office that Angela's pitching something to I think Fran Drescher was in two different episodes she played like Mona's interior designer on an episode oh. but then I think she was I thought she was in the Living Dolls episode am I getting confused I I'm, think I'm there was a third confused. I think that's a third a third oh, backdoor Jesus. pilot that's a third backdoor pilot yeah yes. because there's the it's okay. the end of the one season it's Fran Drescher and I can't remember her name that was on she was married to Dan Aykroyd and she was on Bosom Buddies Mm-mm. I can't nope. remember her name but they were they were like the stars of this episode essentially, and clearly like this was, you know, they were both notable people at this point. Like this yeah. was, they were trying to cram this in. So yeah, who's the boss? Every other year they're like, let's try to get a spinoff out of this. Really weird. Failed every time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, back to Gomer Pyle spinoff of the Andrew Griffith show, and the whole premise of the show is just like there's this dum dum and his like sergeant or whatever who is annoyed that he's. Dumb. Yeah. yeah. Dumb isn't the right word to say. He's like, um, uh, they, they say that it's a, it's a thing that was a consistent theme in a lot of shows in the sixties, which is like this rural feels like the, I can't think of the word. No, but rural's like, fair. Rural. I mean, you know, yeah, like, like Beverly a, Hillbillies and Green Acres and small town sitch fish yeah. out of water and they put him in the military and his, his, his superiors are annoyed. And that's the whole premise of the show. But over time, the his sergeant, who's played by Frank Sutton, he like was a real like a real annoyed, real angry guy. And then they very quickly made him a uh, actually a pretty softy. And by the end, they were besties, which is nice. nice. He had a girlfriend for a while uh, on the show. There were other people who would show up on the show. It ran for I think about five years. And uh, it was a pretty popular show. It like did well in ratings. It was ra- it was the second or third rank show for four of its five years, except for one year when it was ten. Why? I don't know why. Year three in the middle, it was it was the tenth rank show. Yeah. But all the re- the rest of the years it was on, it was either the the second or the third rank show uh, in the country. Yeah, I've got that. It was the third highest uh, rated show in 1967. So. Yeah. You know, that's that's pretty good. And then that's again, this, this is a show that goes out more or less on top in, after its fifth year. Because from what I read, apparently Jim Neighbors did not want to play Gomer Pyle forever. Because, you know, he he very much 
became typecast as that character playing it, yeah. even only playing it for those couple of years. But the show was so popular. Yeah, no, that's right. And then he went and did like the Jim Neighbors show was his next thing in which he it was like a sketch show, as I understand it. I think so. Like a, a sketch variety type show. And on the show, he did at least a few times played Gomer Pyle. I mean, again, this is where, you know, the bread was buttered. He's only going to, you know, stretch so much. But yeah, but, you know, I mean, it seemed like he did have he he was around for a really long time. He only died five years ago. He wasn't you know, he he lived to be an old man. Yeah. Kept working somewhat. But, you know, again, I think it's that same thing. When you're like that character on a sitcom, you're going to have a hard time continuing to do stuff. You know, you play the yeah. weird, wacky character, you know, how, no matter how good you are at it that's typically going to keep you in that. So I think he even recognizes this by, you know, 69 and wants to get out of playing Gomer Pyle. But then he just kind of, unfortunately, you know, his career. I mean, he was a singer, so he did have other stuff going on. Like he released albums and did things. But yeah, that is, it it seems kind of a shame, but it's also odd, right? Like the show was that popular. And then he's just like, no. And the network's like, cool. And then they make some other variety show yeah. for him. So. I just think it, things were different back then, right? Like, yeah. it was probably easier to get shows. Like, there were fewer channels. So you put Jim Neighbors on something else, you're still probably going to get something out of it. Right. You know? Well, it's like the Lucy show, right? It's yeah. like no one talks yeah. about the Lucy show. And that was a huge popular show. Yeah. Because, you know, Lucille Ball was still a popular person. But you never see the Lucy show. No, no. we should. I, we're, I think we're going to talk about that this season at some point. Because that was still a huge hit in 67. Yeah. I've never seen a minute of the Lucy show. I'd be, I'd be totally interested in that. I'd be um, curious what it yeah. is. I don't actually even know how that fun Because it's her and... and um, uh, Vivian played, Vance. Vivian Vance, right. So, because that's the thing is that... You know, Vivian Vance is also on this show. And so, like, that's an interesting thing where they're not playing the same characters. Yeah. And that's happening, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'd be curious to see at least some of it and see what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Donna, Donna Dixon. That was the woman. <laughs> yeah. from, that was the woman from Bosom Buddies. <laughs> oh, my that God. Popped in there. Listeners, if you popped into the show in the middle. Yeah. Joe couldn't come up with the name of a woman from Bosom Buddies like 10 minutes ago. Do you think somehow this show is airing somewhere (laughs) and people just turned it on and this is what they caught? Or like somebody's listening to it and like their like, you know, wife walks in the room. It's like, what are you listening to? (laughs) You've got a weird idea of our view Uh, of our listeners. I don't understand what our when or how our listeners listen to the show. And so I have to assume that there's a chance that someone came in in the middle. Yeah, that's I mean, it's fair, you know, like they got through all the rigmarole. (laughs) They heard us start and they were like, no, no. And then they fast forwarded 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And so now if we're doing callbacks, I just want to bring people along. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. The other thing I do want to say about the show in general is that for most of... The- oh, actually, this is interesting. It was it was the second or third ranked show all of the years that it was on Friday night. Ooh. And then they moved it to Wednesday for a year and it dropped to number 10. So they put it back on Friday. It back then, nobody Friday. was going out. Yeah, it was the third most popular show on Friday at 9.30. Like, get a life, guys. What are you doing? Nobody was doing anything at Friday? No, they're watching Gomer Pyle. Maybe it was, I mean, that's just a completely different world, I guess. Friday night, what do we got to do? Oh, we're sitting home watching CBS. The Tiffany Network. a pandemic in 1967 I didn't know about? I don't know what was, it was a pandemic of Gomer Pyle. Shazam. People could not get enough. So (laughs) they were beside themselves excited. Uh, Uh, Hey, Betty, I'd like to go out tonight, but uh, I got to watch Gomer Pyle. Like, I suspect that, like, that's how you had dates back then, right? You'd be like, Ooh. why don't you come over and we'll watch Gomer Pyle? Like, Ooh. it's Gomer Pyle and chill. <laughs> that, was, that was the move. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. 
I remember talking to some, some, I don't even remember who, some old timer once. And they were saying that like on Saturday nights in like, in the, like in the late seventies on Saturday nights, like not exactly as dates, but it'd be like, people would be like, we've got to go home and watch Saturday night live. Like, cause there was no way to rewatch anything. Yeah. And that yeah. original Saturday night live was such a big deal, but I distinctly remember that story from somebody who would have been old enough to tell me that story. But <laughs> I remember that thinking like, this is what we did on Saturday night. You'd go out, but then you, you got to get home to watch Saturday night live. Like, I love that you remember that story and have no idea who told it to you. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it was like someone I did plays with or something, some, you know, it had to be somebody like some theater tip. It wasn't my dad. I can't believe my dad would be like, yeah, Saturday night we had to get home and watch TV. I, I don't no, see that. So. That doesn't sound right. No, no. But yeah, so the episode we watched if, if this is the total exposure we have to Gomer Pyle, what's yes. your what's your reaction to that episode? It's not good. I mean, <laughs> it's not a great sitcom, even for the time. Even think of '60s sitcoms. Yeah, it's not funny, really. Like, it's kind of it's amusing. Like, go, in 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 how Gomer's amusing as a per, as a character, but there's not jokes really. So it is mm-hmm. kind of that that school of let's make something sound funny without having to really tell jokes yeah and there's a lot of there's a lot of sitcomery and a lot of situations that are kind of you know um, amusing yeah that are supposed to be ironic and amusing but it's okay like i don't know it just i i was surprised that this show is that was that popular yeah but now it kind of makes sense that like i never saw this this didn't air when i was a kid when there were reruns of the beverly hillbillies and you know the the monsters and stuff like there were 60 shows that were on when i was a kid like in the day but yeah but I never saw a minute of the show. They they framed it like in the article I was reading about it. They frame it as escapist like TV. And even though it was set in 67 and set in the military, they never mentioned the Vietnam War. Mm. And so the whole point is that like the world is chaotic and we're just going to feed you something soothing and basic and barely funny right for you to relax and not think about the world like but, but that also presents the military in sort of an affectionate light because yes. of gomer right like yes. if it's just the mean sergeant you'd be like well the military sucks but yeah but gomer is such a likable person yeah. that you're like oh well okay then you know yeah it's uh i don't Even know what though- you would call it. what is copaganda but for the military <laughs> <laughs> that's gomer pile right i think it's still copaganda yeah, no yeah. but i mean here's the thing is that like we're in the middle of a war we're in yeah. a war how often is that that we are in a war and there's a show the second or third most popular show on tv about the military and they never mention it yeah never. that is weird it's amazing i have heard a similar criticism about friends how it never mentions 9-11 yeah <laughs> like that they had yeah. years at the end that they could have Men, yeah. made some reference to it and they yeah. don't so i mean they had like a year like they didn't have years it went off but, two, what 2003 2004 it was a couple years yeah they did on the on the the etch-a-sketch that they had on the door of the guy's apartment they did have like fdny and like oh. they had there was stuff like so something you, you at least what oh, that's, that's even happens. more than like, i thought that's all right yeah, yeah. those yeah. they don't like they don't base episodes around it like what a bummer is that what's chandler gonna be like what the hell happened where the hell's all of our stuff <laughs> Well, I mean, and that's, I mean, I get that the criticism's a bit extreme, but, you know, I yeah. just, I don't know. It just, it's set in, it's such a New York City show, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, but like, they, but, they had them wearing like FDNY shirts and NYPD shirts, like not a lot, but a little yeah. bit. And uh, like, it was subtle, but. Well, there was that episode where, where Phoebe found the anthrax in her cab. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. I don't that's know. Not a, There's nothing they could have done. Do. Yeah. I don't know. No. Like Joey joins the army. <laughs> so. Right. But yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, that's that is the Gomer Pyle thing is that like, yeah, you know, 
it was the same thing with like how even though Vietnam was such a big TV war, yeah, they still didn't want to like you know in the sixties they're still not tackling stuff like yeah. that. So also, Friends wasn't set in the Twin Towers, like no, but again, it's set in New York City. It's a little different. Like you know, I can understand but, where like you know Frasier doesn't talk about it because it's in Seattle. You can easily yeah. skirt around that, but it's such a New York City show. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If Seinfeld was still on, Seinfeld definitely would have mentioned nine eleven. <laughs> like there's no way that they would have let that slide. So oh, who? I mean, who knows? Like that's yeah. it's such a it's such a crazy event. Like yeah, who? Yeah. Do, but I never I thought think- I never thought of this. This never occurred to me. I just read it once and I was like, yeah, I guess that's they should have done that. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how they could have referenced it and made it funny in 2002. Right. That been hard right. Right. So not a lot of funny going on if you're talking directly about and like they're not just going to be like, oh, we know all these people that died. Oh. Yeah. 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 No, it's <laughs> real smoky. I got it. Marcel yeah, like- died in the Twin Towers. That would not be a fun episode. That would <laughs> no, no, no one no. would enjoy that. No. It's bad for everyone. Yeah. But yeah, so so yeah, after Gomer Pyle, you know, Jim Neighbors has a career. It's not, you know, the world's greatest career, but I think that again, if you like hold up those type of characters, right? Like the real zany characters on a show, like an Urkel or like mm-hmm. you know, um half of the characters from Welcome Back Cotter, like it's hard to then do anything with that career. Yeah. Right. And so the fact that Jim Neighbors could sing seemed to be his like thing, where then he would like put yeah. out albums, but he always sang like the I don't know, the opening song at the Indy 500, which was oh. back home again in Indiana, even though he was born in Alabama. But he did this every year for <laughs> Close but no cigars. Yeah. And he only retired from it a couple years before he died. And that's now done every year by Jim Cornelison. The, oh! The great Chicago Blackhawks singer. Uh, oh, yeah. man. He sings the best anthem of all time. Listeners, YouTube it. Jim Cornelison. Cornelison. Cornelison? Anyway, this guy... Uh, Blackhawks national anthem, best yeah. thing of all time. It's devastating. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this is something Jim Neighbors did. And he did a lot of theater. You know, again, he had that voice. So he like sure. toured, he toured in Manila Mancha for a while, which makes sense because apparently <laughs> he's so connected to the impossible dream from this one Oh my one God, episode. that's amazing. Uh, and he did a little like Music Man and, you know, Wait, he did, did a little he do theater. that tour before or after this episode? Oh, it was after. It was after. Yeah. He, again, he was Gomer Pyle and then he became sort of yeah. a you know, a variety actor. And I think he did some game shows and stuff. I love the idea that they were like, uh, he's saying the impossible dream in that one episode of Go- Gomer Pyle. Let's put him in the play. You know, I the whole time we were watching that episode, I was thinking about the movie Up Close and Personal in which Michelle Pfeiffer sings the impossible dream, like on the middle of a football field, which okay. you may or may not remember, but she does. And so should she play? Should she be a man of La Mancha? Yes. I would yeah. see Michelle Pfeiffer's man of La Mancha Right now. I'd watch that right now. I would end this episode and put that on. Settled it. I'm sure it would be great. (laughs) So who plays Sancho in the Michelle Pfeiffer (laughs) Man of La Mancha? Kathleen and Jimmy. No problem. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) This is a great idea. You know. And I think Dulcinea, you can, you know, you can probably get like a Skeet Ulrich. Just, just, just swap it. I think that could work. So that'd be a really good. That'd be a really that'd good. Be show. really good. We put a really good show together. I don't know how much theater Pfeiffer does, so that might be tough. We might. That might have to be like a live ABC yes. musical. They see if they could put that together. Holy shit! I would watch that. This is a great oh, idea. When you post this episode, you got to tag the three of them. Oh yeah, got. We got an idea. At Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. at Kathy and Jimmy, <laughs> at Skeet Ulrich, at ABC Studios. <laughs> Let me know. I got a good idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, my this God. This could really work. That's a great idea. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, but I don't know. I don't, you know, for for our purposes of 67, I think that's about it. Like, I don't know how much more to really go into. I think Jim Neighbors has kind of an interesting life. Uh, he was gay, but he wasn't out 
but he wasn't secretive about it at the same time, oh. if that makes sense. Yeah. There, there was always this longstanding rumor that he was married to Rock Hudson, but that came out of some sort of weird joke, apparently, because if you combined Rock Hudson with Gomer Pyle, you'd get Rock Pyle. That was, <laughs> that's somehow where that joke came. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, that, I mean, and that's just, you know, that was just part of his life. He almost died of hepatitis B in Jesus. 1994, apparently. He like, I think he was in India, he, it said, and he somehow got cut or something and nearly died. I was like, who's dying of hepatitis B in the 90s? You know? Yeah. Frank Sutton died in like 1974. I don't know what happened to that guy, but I he mean, wasn't that old. I don't know, he, you know. He, he didn't look like he was doing particularly well in Gomer Pyle. He, he looked very intense, right? Yeah. Like he looked like veiny and just kind of like, yeah. you know, so yeah. you, I guess you live with that kind of stress on the heart yeah. for a long time. He, he only looked he to had, be about 50, so. He had skyrocket high blood pressure, guaranteed. Uh -oh. Had to have, right? Constantly. So anyway, that's Gomer Pyle USMC, so far as I can tell. <laughs> I don't think this is a representative episode of that show. Like, I can't believe Gomer's singing on every episode. Or maybe it is. I mean, who knows? I don't know. Maybe. No, we've chosen not to find out. You know what? That's it. That's it for me and Gomer. It was fine. Like, I don't know. I would watch it if it was on. I'd Like, I had nothing else to do. I'd throw on an episode. But I'm not going to, like, sit. There's 150 episodes of that show. It was only oh on God. for five years. It's like staring at a white piece of paper. Not interested. <laughs> That's how you feel. So out of a scale of one to ten, Gomer Pyle. Two and a half. Oof. Rough. I'd give it like a five. Oh, that's nice yeah. of you. But yeah, I like I can't think of like a comparable. Do you have a comparable like old sitcom that you were just like, it apparently was popular, but you just don't care about it all that you actually like have seen? Yeah, yeah. Seinfeld. <sighs> <laughs> I mean an old sitcom, and also oh. not something that you're just being stupid about. <laughs> I just, I don't really like. I like Seinfeld; it's fine, but I don't, I don't get the mania about it. Um, yeah, okay, old sitcom that you're just dismissive of that people people enjoy. Like, like I'm not a huge I Love Lucy fan, but I recognize there's yeah. something there. I wouldn't just say it's nothing, you know. But like, oh, when I was a kid, I don't know if I would still stand by this, but. I watched a lot of TV and I, so I watched a lot of like sitcoms and sitcoms and syndication. I freaking hated happy days. Happy days. Don't get happy days. Wow. Don't get it. Not interested. I mean, I really liked happy days as a kid. I don't know if it holds up, but uh, I, 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 I could confidently tell you I've seen every episode of happy days. I see. I know this sure. about you. Yeah. I remember watching TV and then like the happy days theme song would start and I'd be like, Oh, and I'd like go find something else to do. Yeah. No, I think I part of it might be like I do have this thing like like you've known like how many of my favorite movies tend to be like have like have great soundtracks. I have a music thing. Yeah. And I think that might be the same thing with Happy Days and KRP is that I watched them a lot as a kid because I really liked the theme songs. And yeah. then so many of those shows are kind of interchangeable beyond that point that you're just like, eh, yeah, so. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that you would now pick up Happy Days and enjoy it, but I think Happy Days is you know, a pretty good show, but yeah, um, I was never into we mash. I would, I would episodes of mash. I just never cared for. I've seen bits of it. I don't really, yeah. I don't get it. Even though I really like the movie and I really, you know, I was in the play and I like the book. Like I like everything involved with mash, except for the one thing that everybody really connected to. So yeah, yeah. that's interesting. And, and mash also similarly in the kind of, even though it was the Korean war, it, yeah. uh, it decided to like pick up the whole, like, you know, military of the times that starts in what 73, 74. So the end of the war, 
when there's still yep. a lot of raw feelings about the war and they're like, let's make a sitcom about it, you know? So is not that crazy? It's pretty crazy. But I mean, at least MASH has some weight to it. Like that, that's yeah. as a heavier show than something like Gomer Pyle. But yeah, um, it is an odd idea. I'll give you that. You know, yeah. it's like Hogan's Heroes with the, you know, let's set this whole sitcom in the prisoner of war camp. So yeah, wild. Yeah, they were 60s. They were just trying to do whatever they could. <laughs> All right. Well, this is part that's part one. We did it. We have covered Gomer Pyle. I'm not going to uh, tell you what the other shows are. I guess if you really want to go and look up the TV schedule, you can just spoil yourself. Yeah. But uh, we will be doing at least two more parts of this. Yeah. And uh, in the coming weeks. Don't spoil yourselves, listeners. Don't Don't spoil yourselves. Just enjoy it it as it comes. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to do a Gomer Pyle impression to go out? (laughs) Have you got that that in you? No, no, no. You could do it. No, no. I think... No, Sarah's no, acting has really it. improved lately. <laughs> okay, that's a rude B. No, I've had you doing so much in the upcoming Shag Harbor episode. I am. I'm where Sarah really plays hard. at least two roles. That yeah. Uh, that I think you you could pull this off. I think your skills are at that level now. Uh, no. Also, if you recall in the baseball humbug, you just had me play one part, and it was the main part. But you were great and in that part. I was fine. I was fine. But no, I think, I mean, my impressions are poor, as we have discussed many a time. And so I I feel like if anyone's going to do Gomer Pyle, it's you. It's obviously you. Uh, Well, golly. That's all I got. Surprise, surprise, surprise. I heard, I read that was a catchphrase. I have no idea how they say it. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think it sounded like that. So maybe I was wrong about your acting and your Gomer Pyle impression. Fair, fair. Uh, All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. This has been It Happened One Year. Please follow us wherever you can. We're there and you're there. 